0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Extra Mile podcast. This is Will Brogan from Commercial Truck Training bringing you another interview. We did a lot of interviews over the course of November, December, and January and this one is particularly special as well. This was actually recorded shortly after Thanksgiving. But we decided to wait until early February so that we could release it uh, at the same time as this particular person is celebrating 20 years in his dealership, most of it on the retail side, though the last two years plus on the commercial and fleet side. That, of course, being Andy Burns of McGrath Fleet and Commercial out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Andy is a phenomenal salesperson. He is a phenomenal manager, and he's also a phenomenal friend. This is uh, another long one. It's actually the longest one that we've recorded as far as the ones that I've edited thus far. Uh, so we've broken it again into two different parts. Most of the first part, Tyler Jansen, who is also part of the McGrath Fleet and Commercial team, and their biggest of their several rock stars. Uh, Tyler is with us for the first part of it, and then it's pretty much Andy and Ken the rest of the way, and they cover every topic under the sun with Fleet and Commercial, cover a lot with retail, and they even talk grocery stores and baseball. So here is part one of Ken's interview with Andy Burns of McGrath Fleet and Commercial, and special guest, Tyler Jansen.
1: Hey, uh, welcome to the uh, Extra Mile podcast. we got two very special guests with us today. We've got Andy Burns, the commercial manager at McGrath Auto, and also Tyler Jansen, who I would officially call Tyler the very first commercial sales guy. Tyler, would that be okay? Yes, it would. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, then, I've got questions for both you guys, but tell me, what what are you guys doing today? Uh, Well, Kenny, this is Andy. We we
2: have a very uh, packed day. It's end of the month, and generally, in commercial, you know, end of the month uh, uh, is spread out a little bit for us, but today we are jammed, so We had free uh, twenty minutes for you today. I just picked Tyler up from a from a Caterpillar store delivering a truck, and we're on our way to deliver the next one. So we got we got time for Ken today, and we're we're in between deliveries. And the rest of the day is packed.
1: Oh, cool. Well, I've got to ask a question: Was the Caterpillar store all techer? Yes, it is. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I remember when, in fact, I believe it was Tyler that was with me when we made a sales call on their uh, their manager.
2: You did. It was about uh, probably three, four years ago. And yeah. you guys met with him, and, and he seemed to know more, or he thought he knew more than us anyway. But um, <laughs> long long story short, Tyler has done a fantastic job uh, massaging that relationship, and I we tried counting the other day. We don't have an exact count, but they bought probably in the neighborhood of, what, 540, Tyler? Probably, yeah. probably 40 in the last two years.
1: <laughs> so, that's oh, a great plan. Wow. You know, that's a, that is a, a and kudos to, to Tyler, that's the lesson in persistence, because he specifically told us on that sales call that they worked with Lynch, and they were really happy, uh, and it was kind of interesting. It was a great sales call, it was positive, but uh, well, wow, you know, uh, congratulations to you guys for, for not giving up. I think a lot of people would not have gone back. So, Tal, uh, I have to ask you, what was the secret of gaining that account? Uh, the big thing, I think, that, that helped us was was actually responding quick like he wanted and as you need to make it easy for him. Uh, The other thing that helps is our inventory. He's got our to learn to use for him but he's had in the past, and that made a big difference too. Which we didn't have, you know, five years ago, and that was those problems.
2: So. Yeah, I, I think Tyler, Tyler nailed it. The very first thing he said is he made it easy for him. That was the thing that uh, you got to have the confidence. We knew, we knew what the customer didn't know, and what we knew is that we were going to be. An easier outlet for him. Tyler was going to make it a lot easier for him to buy a car or buy a truck for the business than anybody else was, and we knew that, so we were confident. And, and Tyler price structured everything in the way to, to make it easy for the guy. And of course, we dropped the cars off at his front door, so it didn't get any easier.
1: Oh, very good. Uh, wow, uh, my my saying applies: the road to the extra mile is never crowded. No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Andy, uh, guys, you know you uh, you spent most of your automotive career on the the retail side. Tell us kind of how this job evolved, and uh, at the same time, you know, uh, kind of your expectations going into the job. Sure. So I did retail
2: uh, retail commercial sales manager at the Chevrolet store here in Cedar Rapids for seventeen years, and about six years ago we hired tyler as a as a retail sales guy well at the time about six months into it our commercial sales guy you know at the time and back then we were like most dealerships you had a commercial guy that just kind of sat in the corner and did some courtesy deliveries and sold 10 cars a month and every every store has a commercial guy and that's how most of them are they're just kind of off in the corner and nobody supports them well our old commercial guy had left and and we hired Tyler for that position. I said, "Wow, he'd be a great commercial guy. Got a great smile, and he's fun to be around. So, who wouldn't want to buy a commercial truck from him?" There so, you uh, Tyler really took the bull by the horns and and ran with it. And we supported him along the way. And obviously, he met you four or five years ago. And um, Tyler just did a lot of things that you know some people might not do. Um, Tyler. Uh, Tyler really just did a lot of things to basically kind of push us to do more in commercial. And so after, after 17 years in the car business, and four of those years Tyler was in commercial, he just really developed and, and spread his wings, and we had actually hired another guy named Jeff. You can see him on our website. And so after about four years of them two selling fleet and commercial, it started to got, get out of control in a good way. Uh, we started selling so many commercial vehicles that they needed help. So I went on board with the commercial team. Uh, is it two years ago? So two years ago, here in a month. And, and uh, yeah, it's been great. My, my retail background really helped because I kind of knew everybody in town. Um, knew a lot of business owners, so I was able to get my foot in a lot of doors to places. And then these guys kind of obviously helped teach me some commercial things, and it's
1: just been a great team effort. Oh, outstanding! Well, what would you say are the biggest differences in uh, commercial and fleet sales versus retail?
2: The biggest difference is there's no feelings, demo drives, or colors to talk about. We're buying a white truck, and how many do you want? Or we're buying a white van, and how <laughs> many do you want? Uh, and that's that's what I love the most about commercial sales is uh you're it's a business. You're running a business. You're removing the feelings from it. It's not an emotional transaction. And so put yourself in position to have the right inventory at the right pricing and the right game plan to be able to help that business owner
1: run his business. Great advice. Wow. That's that's to the point and right on. I would agree agree with you 100%. Yep. You make sales calls with your team uh, Walk us through that and and tell us how important you think that is.
2: Sure. So, in my opinion, anybody that sells 20 cars a month or less still has time to do sales calls. Um, And the guys that sell 25 cars or more, and I have three of those guys, Tyler and Jeremy and Jeff, all sell 25 cars or more per month. Um, Once they get to that level, their sales calls are the cars that they're delivering uh great example right now i just picked tyler up from our local caterpillar dealer to deliver a vehicle and tyler's going to sell you got about 30 out right now tyler's got 30 cars out right now for the month we'll probably finish at 30 to 32 somewhere in there um, last month he did 42 um so what happens is your sales calls end up turning into the deliveries you're doing um There's just physically not enough time in the day once you start selling 30 cars a month to, you know, print paperwork, deliver 30 cars, get them detailed, fueled off the lot, get them to the customer, and then still go make a fresh call. But to answer your question, Ken, somebody that is new to commercial or even if they've been doing it for a while and they're selling 10, 15, even 20 cars a month, they got plenty of time to go knock on a door and make a new friend. And uh, so I realized that very early, and when, when these guys had time and when I have time, that's exactly what we do. We hop into one of the commercial pickups, and we grab our commercial flyers, and we target new customers, um, both referrals and cold calls. I like the referral a lot better. Um, of course, you taught us that, and we, we really look for that. So kind of rambled for a while there but to answer your question the best is uh Here. you just gotta you gotta just make yourself leave the office it, everybody thinks they're too busy but you're not you can leave if you're selling less than 20 you got time to leave there you go uh, and
1: that's great great advice and you're so right uh i I'll walk into dealerships often where they're selling 10 and then they're telling me they don't have time what they're really telling me is i don't want to go and make sales calls. yeah can I, can I add to that, Jim? Yeah, just to add to it, one of the one of the things that we did a really good good job of early on when we were going on sales calls all the time, uh, and we still have some other guys that are. Uh, but is coming up with a game plan before
2: you leave the office, and, and not just driving around and trying to find a place and drop off a
1: business card. It's it's having a, a uh, game plan of where you're gonna go, knowing who you're gonna try to meet, who you're gonna be asking for and then like Andy said, trying to work any referrals that you can get uh, man that
2: makes that a lot easier but if you go in blind with no game plan and and you're not
1: prepared at all it, you normally don't come out as successful with it uh, great advice you know and that's right down with what we advocate but, you know you know work that plan have a great plan and uh, you know, it's amazing when, uh, on our last visit, when Tyler Young and I went out, you know, we did our game planning ahead of time, just like you just mentioned, and, and one of the particular calls, uh, you know, on the website we went to, it had the owner's picture on the website, and when we got to the place of business, we'd also analyzed what they did, what they sold, They'd sold they sold, their construction, but they also sold Toyota forklifts, and um, we when we got there, lo and behold, the owner was at the front desk. <laughs> so we recognized him, and uh, he didn't want to give us his last name. But I mentioned, "Well, gosh, you're, you're the owner, am I correct?" And he went, well, yeah, how'd you know that? We talked about doing the research. So, oh, that yeah. was uh, that was uh, Hup, uh, Hup Electric. You recognize the owner? Yep. Yeah, that was it. That was exactly it. And, and we had a good 25, 30-minute conversation with him. So, you know, it, it just worked out really, really well. So do your homework. Good point, Tyler. Thank you so much. One of the things that you guys have done, we go into a lot of commercial departments, and they're very resistant to wanting to do government and fleet business because they think there's no money in it. You guys have done an incredible job in, in commercial government and fleet Andy can you go over that a little bit tell us maybe some of the keys to success and being able to do all three
2: absolutely um, so the first thing on that the key on the government is you have to make sure that you're working for a uh, dealer that's definitely gonna let you use all the money so to speak you can't have you can't have a uh, a dealership pack on your new cars, or extra ad money, or things that the dealer is going to want you on your fleet. Or excuse me, on just particularly on your government deals. You need to be able to make sure you're working from that. And from from that point forward, um, the 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 neat thing about the government bids is one, not everybody knows how to do them, um, and you can also submit extra things um for uh, for example like our local city of cedar Rapids here they'll send a request for a bid on a truck and what we do is we'll look at the bid it might be a crew cab with a va and these particular options on it well sometimes what we'll do is we'll take and you always have to bid exactly what they want we'll bid exactly what they want but we might take another truck it could be slightly used with five thousand miles or it could be a double cab instead of a crew cab or it could be a V6 instead of a V8. So we always try to find the competitive advantage of what truck do we have on our lot that's really really similar to this that would be a little bit less money. And so sometimes we'll submit that bid with the other bid, um, and we win a lot of those that way. It's really surprising how often they see that and think, "Huh, I can spend three grand less." You know, let's let's do that. So um, I guess that would be my tip is. Try to find a competitive advantage. Also, ask for the bid results. Um, 99% of your municipalities are required to hand out the bid results. So don't be afraid to bid two or three of them. And if you lose them, look at the bid and see what you did. Um, See what the other dealer's price was. Um, And then stay consistent at it. Once you've figured out a pattern on how to win that bid, just keep doing it and keep doing it, and eventually you'll frustrate all the guys around you like we have. And then finally, the other dealers just stop bidding it, and then you end up getting all of them. And in our particular market, in our particular market, that's what's happened. Our our wow. municipalities have told us that the other dealers have just stopped bidding because they know that we're we're probably going to win. And we you can't take advantage of it. You have to you have to still give them aggressive price, even if you know you're the only one bidding it. You might be able to go up a little more, but don't get greedy. You know, keep giving them good prices and good service and and just appreciate the business. Oh okay, great about and you guys have made a good profit off that business. We have there's been times, Ken, where um, you know, it's not out of line to make, you know, you know, a two or three thousand dollar front gross on a on a good municipality deal. If it's got an upfit on it or um, you know, you gotta be willing to you know, to bid the Chevy Cruz making a hundred bucks knowing that the next opportunity might make three thousand bucks and and uh, make a relationship with that municipality, even though, even though uh, they are required to submit other dealers for bids. Um, don't think for a second that they won't maybe give you an advantage somehow, some way. They might, they might lean towards your bid for, you know, because your smile
1: is a little better. They can do that. Then that happens. Oh, uh, it does uh, a live example. Uh, Jeff and I were driving out to deliver something to the city of Cedar Rapids, and he introduced me to you know one of their individuals, and he uh, he walked us outside, which was kind of weird. But the reason he wanted to walk us outside, he wanted to tell us some things we could do, you know, to to do a better job. <laughs> Uh, you know, Jeff had built that relationship, and uh, it, it was just amazing how open they were. And they could tell, you know, they knew each other by first name. They'd just really done a great job. And I'll tell you, real quickly, um, well, first, I want to talk about a very important person in your dealership. In fact, we just sent her flowers, <laughs> and, uh, and that's Trenda. Uh, we tell dealerships constantly, you know, having – a really top-notch admin person will dramatically increase your sales. Talk a little bit about, and you guys have gone through a couple, uh, mainly because they've been good. I know, you know the, the young lady we started out with kind of job from one of the clients. Yep. <laughs> so walk, walk through the importance of that position and what it's done for uh, your department. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So uh, in my opinion, when you have two salespeople that get to the point where they're each selling consistently more than 20 vehicles a month, and I kind of look back at the retail process. That's kind of, being coming from the retail side, it helped me a lot with this. If you have a commercial salesperson, two of them, or three of them that are selling, you know, 40 to 60 vehicles a month, that's about the same amount of sets of paperwork that a retail F&I person would print and, book, you know, break down and, and turn into the office and receive the money, so on and so forth. So, we looked at this as, okay, if if I have 50 deals a month minimum and have an admin person do that, how much more business can my retail guy, or excuse me, my commercial guy go get? How many more doors can he knock on? How many more bids can he calculate? And so we thought, you know, and this was about four years ago, we thought, ha, huh, I think it would be quite a bit. We didn't know what the number was. We had talked to other dealers that had admin. We thought, let's take a run at it. So we hired a young gal. Um, and she absolutely knocked the cover off the ball. She, we started to teach her a little bit how to do even the the municipality bids. So she was the guys would sell the vehicle, load their deal, you know, get everything done, and hand her the deal jacket. And they would um, they would uh, uh, have her process the paperwork. You know, print the paperwork, and then they'd go sign it with the customer, bring it back to her. She goes and, and uh, stocks it in. So anyway um she did a really really great job and i would say increased our sales by 15 to 20 units per month in that neighborhood well it turns out one of our best one of our best customers ended up hiring her so we lost her to one of our best customers and uh it was a good thing for her she got a demo to drive and more pay more than i could offer her so kudos to her she did a good job um we had hired another gal she did a really nice job but we recognized um this gal that had been in our dealership for about seven years, her name is Trenda. You can see her on our Facebook page. Um, she was our aftermarket coordinator at our retail store, and she is efficient. Holy cow, she She doesn't take any bull from anybody, and she, she stays organized. So we thought, man, I think she would really increase our sales. So we hired her about four months ago, and to say that she's increased our sales is an understatement, Ken. Um, Jeff and Tyler and Jeremy have each sold all. All three of those guys have sold more than twenty-five cars per month the last four months in a row. Wow,
1: uh,
2: incredible! And a handful of times, Jeremy's got—I think he's got forty-six right now. You have to call him. Um, forty-six or <laughs> forty-seven deliveries this month, and without Trenda, that's just impossible. One one person cannot sell. Forty-six vehicles in one month. When you have to get the get the vehicle off the lot, get it fueled, take it to detail, print the paperwork, take it to the customer, sign the papers, and then take the deal back to the office and break break it down and receive the money. One per there's not enough time in a day for one person to do that. Yeah. So yeah. that admin person to be able to print the paperwork so that all the salesperson has to do is just
1: drop it off and pick it up. It makes them so much more efficient. Well, do no, a no, so, great job on that and she is just uh, she's dynamite. That's why we wanted to kind of give her a little bit of special recognition yesterday.
2: <laughs> she has and She's got a she's got an incentive in her pay plan um when once we get over 100 units and we've sold over 100 the last uh 5 months in a row now. This will be six. Um and so she comes to me cuz her her like last month we did 127 and um She'll come to me and say, "Are we going to get to one thirty? Are we going to get you know?" She's asking for what that next tier is because she wants the next
1: bonus, you know, which is great. Yeah. Oh, incentive, outstanding! Boy, that's the way to do it. Good job on that, I man. That is so outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, is. And
2: thanks for thanks for sending her flowers. She was just cheery eyed
1: all day because of that. So well, good. Hey, it helps you guys sell trucks. I'm, I'm there. Sandy, <laughs> okay. uh, real quick you guys have opened a a separate uh, commercial truck center. How did that evolve and how it is, how has that impacted your business? Absolutely. So
2: uh, one year ago yesterday, we opened our fleet and commercial truck center. It's neutrally located in between our Ram and our Chevy store. Um, We don't really have a lot of customers come in. It's a building where we just do our bids out of. Um, You know, we're, we're going through the stores and obviously picking up the vehicles and taking the detail and then taking the customer and delivering them. So um, having the standalone commercial space, though, what it's done is the, the guys that buy, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 cars a year or more, they now don't have that defense mechanism automatically up like they do when they come into the regular dealership. Because when they come into the regular dealership, as you know, typically a retail guy somebody newer that doesn't know them, is going to greet them and not harass them but kind of you know they're always you know they're always walking through the door saying well i'm here to see tyler i'm here to see tyler i'm here to see tyler so um that's probably the number one thing that i think has helped us is the the word has spread a little bit you know that all the contractors in town kind of mumble amongst themselves <clears throat> in a good way you know that hey the you know those guys got their own office now. Call them there. Call them there. Stop and see them there. So I feel like that's a competitive advantage to to uh, not have to have the commercial
1: client go through the retail environment to get what they want. No, good point. Really good point. And we found that to be so true. Plus, it shows your real commitment to the business, and that's that is such a plus. It really, it, really
2: is. It does. And for, for all those people that, that whether you have one commercial sales guy or three or four or five of them and you are in the retail environment, it's still fine. You just have to make sure that you're, you know, working with your customers to let them know, here's the best way to contact me. Make sure you're texting me before you come in, um, you know, as long as they're coming to see you. Um, and just communicate good with them. I'm not saying that being in the retail store is a bad environment because there's uh, – you actually have to start there. The the uh, There's a lot of guys in town. I'll give you a great example, Ken. Um, yesterday, I had a guy from Iowa City come in. He had been at the Chevrolet store in Iowa City, and then he came into the Chevrolet store in Cedar Rapids. He owns a uh, landscape company uh, in North Liberty, Iowa. Um, he has 26 vehicles in his fleet, and he's been buying retail. I didn't even know the guy existed. I'd never heard his name before. Um He's been buying from the retail environment. Well, he walked into our our retail store yesterday, down at the Chevy store, and he says, hey, this is my name, such and such. I have 26 vehicles. Billion says I have to buy the vehicle before the end of the month or the incentives are going to go away. Well, the gentleman that had greeted him at the retail store, he's been there a long time. He's been there 10 years. He knows what we do. He heard the guy's got 26 trucks. He did the right thing and right away just brought him up to us. And, wow. you know, then we... We explained the, re- the fleet process that, you know, you don't need to buy today. Don't worry about it. The incentives are not only not going to change, they're going to be better for you. So for those of you that are out there at that retail store, you got to make sure you're watching for that. Sometimes, you know, we, don't, we think we know everybody in our area, and we think we have them trained to, you know, just come to the commercial environment, but that's not always the case. A lot of those guys are still showing up at the retail store, and you need to make sure that you're, you know, kind of lassoing them, so to speak. And hey, come on over, teach them the, re- the commercial process, and,
1: uh, and get them coached on how to do that. Oh, great advice, and we see uh, that that is outstanding.
0: So there is the end of part one of Ken Taylor's interview with the boys from McGrath Fleet and Commercial, Andy Burns and Tyler Jansen. Part 2 will be posted shortly after Part 1. We don't like to separate those in terms of time, just in terms of content so that you can have a little bit of breather in between. So look for Part 2 on iTunes or Google Play or our native service, Libsyn. Thanks so much, and we'll be back again very, very soon.